episode 140, The Five Secrets of Finding, Keeping, and Engaging the Right People. You're listening to The Game Changers with Jason Jennings. Leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention. Now, here's worldwide best-selling author and speaker, Jason Jennings, and your host, Dale Dixon. Welcome to The Game Changers, the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. I'm your host, Dale Dixon, alongside Jason Jennings. Jason, great to see you. Uh, Dale, it's great to see you, and I understand you're no longer among the wounded. You're uh, you're up and walking around. Yeah, I've been uh, had a broken leg, so it's been tough to walk for about the last eight weeks. And things, but but he, but, but, but he got he but he got the broken leg the way a real man would get <laughs> a broken leg. I mean, crawling the side of a mountain on a dirt bike. There I mean, I think that's I think that's pretty cool. Okay, yeah. if I if I if I was going to break my leg, that's the way I would want to break my leg. And my friends tell me to make the story even better, and I was kicking a bear off while it happened. So that's all kinds of things. All kinds of fun stuff. But hey, uh, I want to let folks know that they can subscribe to the Game Changers to hear the great stories like the broken legs, but even more so how to get better in business. And uh, they can do that. It's really easy. Just go to jason-jennings.com slash iTunes, and you can subscribe to this podcast right there. And then every time there's a new episode, you are reminded of it. So definitely keep that in mind. And uh, just as soon as the podcast is over, Jason Jennings dot com slash iTunes. And and I'll tell you that, you know, Jason is a New York Times, Wall Street Journal, USA Today bestselling author of eight books on leadership, growth, innovation, speed, and reinvention. And we dive into these topics each and every week right here on the podcast, The Game Changers. And so today we're talking about finding, keeping, engaging the right people. I know we've, we talked about this a couple of years ago, and uh, and still, I see the studies. I mean, you talk Gallup, you talk anybody who's talking, H, any HR firm, consulting firm, that is talking to employees, and engagement is a massive problem. Finding, keeping, and engaging the right people, always a challenge for business. Uh, well, Dale, as you know, and uh, our regular listeners know, uh, I have somewhere between 600 and 900 conversations every single year in the course of preparation for speeches with, with CEOs and leading executives at companies. And it comes up when I ask the question, what keeps you awake at night these days about your business? It comes up in every single conversation, uh, every single conversation. And it comes up in every single conversation I have around the world. It's uh, recruiting, engaging, and keeping people. I mean, what do you have to bring? And you're right, Back way back in episode uh, 53, uh, we talked about it. And I'm sure we've referenced it in, in many because it's, it's first and foremost in the mind of everybody in business. But something happened to me this week. I had a conversation this week, Dale, that absolutely blew my mind uh, and, and just really hits the nail on the head. You want to hear about it? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, well, first of all, I can't identify the company yet. Uh, we are going to have the CEO as a guest, but I, I did not ask him for permission to reveal our conversation. So I'm not going to name the company, but I can tell you a little bit about it. Uh, it is not a tech company. Uh, it's a big company. It's a, it's the company's worth $20 billion. And the year that they went public, if you rank every company that went public in that same year, they, they are the number two creator of value uh, of all the companies that went public in that year. And, and they're not tech. So it's, it's just, 
It's a wildly profitable, successful company. And as I was having the conversation with him, uh, we were probably halfway into it, and he was giving me the metrics and giving me the numbers and telling me what they uh, what, what what they do and 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 what they're doing. And I was I was sitting here just enthralled and getting more and more excited. And at one point in the conversation, uh, I, I I said to him, I said, "You are like the poster child for every book I've ever." written. I mean, you do every single thing that I talk about. I said, how did you get there? What, what, what was your journey that brought you to this place of, of enlightenment, of really getting it? And he said, well, it was failure. And I said, what do, what, what do you mean failure brought you to it? And he said, you know, I was brash. I was probably cocky. We were all probably brash and cocky about how successful we were. And he said, one day, he said, we realized, he said, I realized, at that time we had 2,000 employees. Now they've got like 10,000 employees. But he said, I had 2,000 employees, and our turnover in the previous year was 46%. 46%. That means out of a head count of a couple of thousand people, nearly a thousand had left the company. And he said, I had the realization that one day we would be a company with eight, nine, or 10,000 people. And he said, you can't be turning over, I mean, almost half of your personnel uh, because you wouldn't have a company. Uh, you'd be totally out of control. Uh, you wouldn't be paying any attention to your own business. And he said, so I, I started scratching my head and trying to figure out what to do. And he said, we decided that for the next two years, we would conduct a thorough, intensive exit interview with everybody that's leaving. And he said, Here's what we discovered. He said, uh, uh, of all the people, he, he said, and you'll never find a more honest person than somebody who is leaving. He said, so we got honest answers. And he said, here's what we discovered. Of the thousand people who were leaving each year, 46% employee turnover, half were leaving because they felt they couldn't speak or talk to a manager honestly, and they truly believed their bosses didn't care about them. That was half the people who were leaving, and the other half were leaving because they weren't doing the job that they'd been told they were going to be doing, or they weren't doing the job that they expected to be doing at the company. And he said, that was the day of reckoning. We had the realization, and he said, we decided we had to change anything. Over the past five or six years, they have slashed their employee turnover, not to zero, but to very, very, very low numbers. And he's done it uh, because of six things. And these are the six things that if, that, if, that if you're in business, you will take on board these six things, you will absolutely nail it. It's kind of like, I want to stop hearing people complain about the inability uh, to attract the right people or engage the right people or keep the right people because here it is. I mean, here is the six-step program for doing it. Number one, here's something we talk about all the time. If you don't have a purpose, if your company doesn't have a purpose built around doing well uh, by doing something good, um, Gen X, Gen Y, are, and Gen Z are, are, are not going to be part uh, of, of, of what you're doing. Uh, they're, they're not going to be honor-bound to continue on the march toward the objective, toward the destination. So if you haven't nailed what is our purpose yet, you will never nail the people thing. And again, I'm not talking uh, about some ridiculous little vision scribbled on an annual report or above the receptionist's desk in the lobby. Uh, I'm talking about what 
is the purpose of your company. What is the purpose? I, I often invoke uh, IKEA, Ingvar Comprad. I mean, we exist not to sell furniture. We exist to improve the lives of the many. Um, it's as simple as that. And, and if you're in business and you don't have a purpose, uh, chances are maybe you don't belong being in business, and you're certainly never going to nail the people thing. Number two, I asked him, the CEO I was speaking with uh, the other day, I said, what's the next thing? And he said, we really had to go to work on our culture. And I said, okay, define your culture for me. I mean, what is your culture? He said, we have the exact culture we want to have. It's family. It's collegial, it's loyalty, it's servant leadership, it's doing what's right for the employees as an individual, it's heavy community involvement in philanthropy, it's asking people to give back of their time as well, and it's developing talent. He said, we work on these things. He said, this is where I spend almost all my time. And then he and I talked about the fact that every organization does have a culture. And we've talked about culture before, Dale. But you're going to have one of two cultures. Anytime you have more than two people, you're going to have a culture. And your culture is either going to be the one you want to have that you feed and nurture and celebrate all the time, or it's going to be one that exists by default. And one that exists by default is people only looking out for themselves, coming and going and leaving, and they could care less. So number two, if you want to, if you want to recruit, attract, engage people, number two, you absolutely have to have a culture. Number three, you have to negotiate expectations with the worker during the interview process, not after they come on or get onto the job. And again, I had another conversation with another CEO this week of a smaller couple of hundred million dollar company. And uh, he was down in Texas. And I said, so what's keeping you awake at night these days? And he said, well, you know, he said, it's that it's that darn people thing. He said, we just can't seem to find the right people and keep the right people. And he said, you know, we're not a sexy business. He said, but you know, if you put in five, six, seven years in this business, I mean, you can do really damn well. He said, but you know, he said, nobody seems to be willing to make the investment of time. And I said, well, do you tell them when you're interviewing them? I mean, that it's going to take five, six, or seven years to get there? He said, well, no, because then they wouldn't probably take the job. So I said, it comes as a surprise to them or something they discover after they're on the job? Now, I mean, is this ridiculous or what? It's, it's like, boing, a stupid moment. I mean, the time to talk to people and negotiate their path going forward is when you're interviewing them. You've got to be able to say, you're starting out here. A year from now, this is where you can be if all of these things happen. Two years from now, this is where you can be. Five years, this is really where you can be, where the going gets really good. Is that a commitment that you're willing to make? But you know, if you don't talk about those things in the front side and you just onboard people and six or nine months in, they're looking around going, Hell, I'd have to be here five or six years in order for anything to happen. I'm out of here. I mean, ridiculous. So negotiate expectations during the hiring process. And you really have to listen. Number four, you have to have a program of upward mobility. And what I mean by that is this. Every business owner wanted to get theirs. And what is, what, what is theirs? Theirs is a house. Theirs is a boat. Theirs is a good life for their family. They wanted to get theirs. Well, guess what? Everybody that works for you wants to get theirs too. 
And I mean the idea that you can keep people enslaved and working for as small amount of money as you can pay them for the longest period possible, you know, that's from another century or a couple of centuries ago. Everybody is looking for a path to upward mobility, and it's your job as the owner, the executive, the CEO, <clears throat> to make certain that everybody has a path going forward. Number five, how do you make those things happen? There has to be a commitment to nonstop growth. There must be a commitment to nonstop growth. You have to be a growth organization growing 5 to 10% a year in order for those things to happen. You can't say, well, you know, things are going pretty good, and I'm tired of working as hard as I've worked, and, you know, therefore we're just going to slow things down a little bit because I'm happy. Well, then move aside. I mean, you're a short-term, a short-timer at that point in time. And then number six, and I love speaking with this enlightened CEO. He said the most important thing is, he said, you have to honor all of your promises 100% of the time. Dale, if you do those things, you, you will have people lined up outside as far as you can see who want to work for you. I think of companies, great companies like America's largest steel company, Nucor Steel. I mean, they will build a plant out in the middle of nowhere, and they will have thousands of people wanting to work for them. Uh, and they only need two or three hundred, but they'll have thousands, I mean, who want to work for them. Why? Because of the culture, because of the purpose, because they keep their promises, because of the path to upward mobility. And so the time is now to stop complaining, whining and whinging and crying and feel sorry for yourself and saying, we can't find people, we can't keep people. Well, guess what? When you point your finger at somebody, three of them are pointed right back at you. And it's your responsibility to make it happen. And those are the six things to do. You want to talk about it? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. So I, earlier on, you mentioned that they have not gotten their uh, turnover rate down to zero, and we don't want a turnover rate of zero. No, so, no. Yeah, what, what is optimal in that range, and, and what, should, uh, what should we be looking for? You know, I think if you've got a turnover rate, a voluntary turnover rate, I'm not, so I'm not talking about the people that you're getting rid of, but if, if you've got a turnover rate, and it depends by industry, I mean, every industry has, has their own metrics, but I would say, generally speaking, if you've got a turnover rate in excess of 5%, uh, you've, you've, you've got a problem. It's time to uh, go back and look at these six points and see what you're, doing uh, and what you're not doing. No, no, it's time to embrace these six points yeah. and sleep with them and, and bring them on board and make them yours. Now, listen, I, I'm going to get criticized because there's some seasonal fast food businesses and things that would, of necessity, have a slightly higher turnover rate. You ask me a general question. Yep. I, I'd, I'd say the number's about 5%. So let common sense prevail, as always. So any final words for us? Any final words? Um, so... When I was speaking with the CEO the other day, I said, you love what you do, don't you? And he said, I am thrilled. I said, you ever have a bad day? He said, uh, yeah. He said, but nobody would ever know it. And I started to laugh and I said, I'm the exact same way. And I told him the story of being in Australia. And I was at a hotel for about five or six days and uh, every day 
about 7.30 in the morning, I'd walk by the front desk and there'd be four or five young women working behind the front desk. And I'd walk over the desk and I'd say, good morning. Uh, how's everybody doing? Everybody having a great day? And uh, we'd chat for a moment and then I'd go off to the restaurant and have my first meeting. And after about four days, one day I walked to the front desk. I said, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? And uh, everybody said, fine. And one woman said, would you come here with me down, down for a moment? She takes me down to the end of the front desk. And I said, what can I do for you? And she said, don't you ever have a bad day? And I said, yeah, I do. But nobody will ever know about it. And I'd never tell anybody. And she said, well, why? I said, because half of all people wouldn't care. And the other people would be very happy that I was having a miserable day. And so I guess my final words are this week. Um, look, we all have some ups and downs. Uh, sometimes we have a bad day. Don't let anybody know because they either don't care or uh, they're happy that you're having a bad day. So just keep a great attitude going forward. And then great things happen. So true. Hey, uh, like to remind folks, uh, we would appreciate if you would leave a review and a rating for this podcast. You can do it really easy at jason-jennings.com slash iTunes. Jason, you have a great week. I'm going to uh, sign you off and just take care of some light housekeeping duties right here and remind folks that Jason Jennings is the author who USA Today calls one of the three most in-demand business speakers in the world. You can find out how to arrange to have Jason keynote your next leadership conference. Learn about his fees and availability. Check out the website, jason-jennings.com and click the contact button. Follow the instructions right there. And Jason will definitely get back in touch with you. So with that, Jason, you have a great week. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next time. Absolutely. This is the podcast dedicated to leading highly principled people to their full potential. You've been listening to The Game Changers, leadership lessons in speed, productivity, growth, innovation, and reinvention with business thought leader, best-selling author, and keynote speaker, Jason Jennings. Read Jason's most recent New York Times bestseller, The Reinventors, and visit his website at jason-jennings.com.